0: Earth, 2019. Dominant species, human. Galactic potential rating, zero. Cultural affiliation, combination of government and global businesses, corporatism, legacy institution. Species still conservative, superstitious, and religious. Ecologically illiterate, largely unaware of cosmological foundation of love. Level of technological dependence is disturbingly higher than the galactic standard. Species distracted and behavior controlled by technology companies. System error. Advanced concepts detected beyond normal human levels. New galactic potential rating, over 9,000. Transmission type, podcast. Host, The Man of Tomorrow. Brian Soderin. Source, Sovereign Tech.
1: You know, rock climbing. Who knew? <laughs> the Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Sabzu, the Rated R Radio Star, the Thriller that is Sabzilla, climbing rocks. And well, <laughs> here with you this week for your Sovereign Tech. And you are getting, uh, this week, you are getting something special. You are getting, well, if you're a member of the Zomia One Underground, which you have to go to Zomia onecom to be a part of that, you're actually getting a triple load of Sovereign Tech. You're getting... This episode of Sovereign Tech, you're going to get another episode of Sovereign Tech right after, because I always make good and make sure you get all the episodes that you need. And you're going to actually get access to uh, a talk that I gave at Porkfest 2018, which Porkfest 2019 is coming up fast. Uh, But a talk that I gave there about reclaiming privacy in the mobile world. And, uh, well, anyway, it was a very interesting talk and I was, it was very graciously recorded and great audio done, uh, by dear friend of the show and dear friend of mine, that being uh, Ryan Taylor, uh, who you want to follow on YouTube. Uh, if you, if you haven't, uh, it's ADJY leak, I believe is his name is his, uh, handle on, on YouTube. Maybe I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, uh, for his channel, but regardless, you're going to get all that today in one day you get all that stuff. What we used to call a triple load. We used to have double loads, like if I knew I'd be away for a week or something like that. This is a triple load of Sovereign Tech that you're getting in one day, baby, Uh, and all kinds of excitement and all kinds of things to get into and talk about. But you know, rock climbing, so... I've been, uh, you know, engaging in some different pursuits perhaps than I, I had uh, previously. I mean, you know, I've scaled some walls and things like this when, uh, unfortunately I was in the military, uh, but yeah, rock climbing, you know, and doing the whole thing with the belay and, you know, and all that business very new for me. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, I mean, those that know me or have listened to Sovereign Tech for a while, I'm very much into fitness. Uh, and I mean, I have pretty good upper body strength. Certainly that came into play. I mean, i you know, I work out my legs. Actually, I do a leg workout three days a week. So it's not like I don't do that either, but man, like <laughs> there's points where I'm just going up this wall, you know, and they have the handles and everything. It's not like real, you know, this isn't uh, isn't Captain Kirk and Star Trek five, uh, you know, c- climbing El Capitan or anything here. But, and I did do some bouldering at this place too. But anyway, you know, I'm like, there's just one point where I'm just like reaching out and I'm just pulling myself up like a pull up. <laughs> pretty crazy, but anyway, uh, you know, certainly it was a lot of fun, uh, something I'm not used to. And at some point, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more because, wow. I mean, I was really in, and look, we have a great opening story to get into that. I will get into, but I like to think that in the workouts that I do. Okay. And I work out again, pretty much seven days a week in the workouts that I do that I work out, you know, all kinds of muscles. And I've over time, over the years, I've felt muscles that I never knew I had but now I felt even more muscles that I never knew I had. In fact, the thing that was the most sore for me was my fingers or were my fingers. And if, uh, well, I'll tell you what, if you're a Sovereign Tech listener, why don't you go ahead and email me? BBS at SovereignTech.com. Tell me if this is normal because I'm not going to go to Google to search that up. And I'm sure as fuck not going to ask Google assistant. Why? Woo! Because <laughs> holy shit. Uh, well, let's get into our lead story. And the lead story here is uh, actually well I'm I'm linked to it from uh, from Android Police and uh, Rita El Kouri if I pronounced her name correctly uh this is really really fresh uh, she seemed to be doing the kind of the I mean this is a bit of independent journalism here on this and not that it's exactly anything new this was a feature set that we kind of knew about you know talking about feature sets Oh, fucking eight. Yeah. I mean, look, Android police is a fine and dandy news source. I mean, I have referenced them many times on this show. They do great work. They do a lot of independent work. They don't just copy other people. They do independent research. Uh, and I give them all the credit in the world. I don't really mean to knock them. Okay. But like when there's a new beta for a new version of Android out, like right now, the beta for Android Q is out, which actually that beta is going to, uh, it's not going to just be like on pixel phones. I don't think they're going to even bother with uh, any, like the Nexus six or five or six P or any, maybe the six P will get it still. I'm not sure, but anyway, it's not just going to be on the pixel phones. It's going to be on other phones, um, that get regularly updated to the latest version of Android. Now I haven't seen a complete list of what these are, but this may speak well to Android one phones. Um, where you know that that they are guaranteed by their manufacturer say Nokia or Moto you know Motorola or slash Lenovo or uh whatever you know that that you may be able to try the beta on those phones as well not certain on that there hasn't been a complete list but that could be happening but right now i know the pixels already can, the pixel phones can already get the beta of android q now i wouldn't me personally unless it was a uh you know a throwaway phone like a phone that isn't my daily driver I would I don't use beta software ever if I can fucking help it. And that's a long-standing sovereign tech tradition, um, because you know, it's beta and we're all about securing our shit and, you know, privacy and everything. Uh, but apps in beta are just that they're in beta. There's features that have bugs that are getting worked out. That could be antithetical to your security slash privacy. So we, you know, we don't bother with that. But regardless, anyway, when a new version of Android comes out, like Android police they're they're (laughs) like, they'll write an article. You'll get a million tweets in a day and they'll write an article for like every little feature. Oh, there's a toggle here. And there's a toggle here, you know, obviously soft toggle or soft switch, but there's a toggle here, toggle here can turn on this. And it's like, oh my fucking God. Like, I mean, it's the worst news day. I mean, I guess it's great for them and I'm sure, I don't know. I get it. I understand you want to try out new operating systems and all that. And you want to try out new software. There's an excitement in that. Um, I mean, I don't think there's really, and we're getting, we're getting kind of lost in the weeds here. I don't really think there's an excitement in new versions of Android or really there's no excitement in new versions of windows. There's no excitement in new versions of iOS. There's no excitement, really much of those Linux, different story, BSD, different story, so on. But yeah, I, I just, I don't get it because the only reason they do new versions, it has nothing to, all of these features could just get added in to, hell, fuck, they could have been added into Jelly Bean. They could have been added into, you know, Android 4.0, whatever. Okay. The reason is, is that they keep going up numbers and they keep saying it's a whole new version. Part of it is to maybe get you to buy new smartphones, right? The other part is, you know, and, and, and that's kind of a, a, a byproduct of this is to make investors think that, well, Google's actually doing something or Apple's doing something because ultimately these companies, especially in the corporate system that we live in, they don't have to please the customer. They only have to please the investors, okay. Who quote unquote own the company, uh, you know, because I mean, if the customers, you could say, well, but then the customers can, uh, you know, vote with their feet or vote with their dollar and walk away from the company. Uh well that's the problem is these companies are so you know are so fucking huge they can lobby you know most other companies almost completely out of existence so yeah. Sorry. It doesn't exactly work that way, but regardless, so they need to please the investors. And this makes it seems like, you know, though, these companies are actually doing something and the investors often are, well, not always. I mean, I've met some intelligent investors, but not so many, uh, or the VCs where, uh, you know, they can be not the brightest bricks on the block as, uh, as I like to say. <laughs> And, and, uh, you know, they think, oh, look, they came out with Android nine, you know, and it reminds me of Tron legacy. I've, I've, I've quoted this many times where the CEO at the time, the, the head of, uh, of Encom in that movie. Where uh, actually Alan Bradley, the character played by Bruce Boxleitner, who's from the original Tron, you know, says, and of course in Babylon 5, whoo, uh, he says, he says to the CEO, he's like, so what's the, what's different about uh, the NCOM operating system this year? He's like, well, we put a 10 on the box and that's exactly it. There's no fucking difference. They're, they're just selling you bullshit you know, I mean, sure they might add in features, but there's no reason those features couldn't have been added into the previous one. It, it just drives me insane. Well, talk about a feature set that actually you're going to want to look out for. Okay. So yeah, anyway, it's a anno- I get annoyed with all the, Oh, Android Q can do this. Android Q can do this. blah, blah and it, uh, Why couldn't Android P do that. There is no reason why Android P couldn't do that. Not really. Uh, but that that's a Well, by and large, that's not always true, but 90% of the time that's true. Anyway, speaking of feature sets, you want to make sure it's off, make sure you have Google assistant off. Okay. If you didn't already know that, (laughs) if for some reason you, boy, you've been listening to sovereign tech for years and you're still turning on as many Google features as you can. I don't, I don't know what to do for you, but if you're using Google assistant, at the very least. Okay. Let's say you have some kind of reason for using this thing. I know I have listeners that buy Alexa devices, which blows my mind, but okay. So you are using Google assistant. Here's one thing I want you to watch out for. And this is uh, again, great research done by Rita Cory here, uh, for, for Android police. And here's the headline. Google assistant can read your screen and offer contextual info. Just make sure you want it to. Oh, what is this Google assistant reading it here? Google's Google assistant does a lot of things. This invisible artificial intelligence residing partly inside our devices can answer all kinds of questions, control our homes, help us plan our day, play our favorite music. And with the addition of features like what's on my screen and Google lens, glean more from what we're looking at and provide contextual answers. You know, link is in the show notes for this. If you want to go back and just read that paragraph and just read it as Google can do this to you and tell me how you feel about that. You know, I mean, and, and keep in mind that, like I said, we live in a corporate system where, you know, tech giants, you know, giant, gigantic corporate, like gigantic corporations, you know, tech giants. And, uh, you know, we're not talking mom and pop business here, but gigantic corporations and Google or, you know, in the government, they work in conjunction, right? Via lobbyists or something far more nefarious, you know, pick your alphabet soup organization. Anyway. Um, So yeah, reread that whole paragraph. Okay. But let's read on what you may not be aware of and something I recently discovered, though it isn't very new, is that assistant can read your screen. Even if you don't explicitly ask it to, that has the potential to be very handy, but also extremely creepy. If you didn't know it was possible. So here we go. Say you're talking to your friends on WhatsApp and they happen to, don't do that. (laughs) And they happen, anyway, uh, you signal. And they happen to mention the new Avengers trailer. You're interested, but don't, don't actually don't watch that trailer either. You're interested, but don't know who's in the movie. I don't know how the fuck somebody, I mean, I don't even like Marvel movies and I know who's the fuck's in Avengers, but whatever, keep reading. Uh, And who's in the movie and would like to know that. Pull up assistant and ask who acts in this movie without specifying anything else. And it will know from your screen, which one you're talking about. Another example is getting a message about a song from a new artist and asking what's the latest single again, without any further details, assistant knows. So you're typing it out. And before your friend basically can even like answer, can respond to you. Assistant pops up. Okay. Stanley breaking in here. Assistant just pops up on your phone and says, Oh, it's this And it gets it like a lot, you know, nine times out of 10, it does pretty well. And it understands what you were asking for. And it tells you without your friend having to tell you. And that's, that's really because, I mean, you could say that's because of keyboard input as well. There's some truth to that, but, and actually I think that might be kind of a something getting missed here, but we'll talk about that in a second. But one way that definitely does work is that Google assistant can read what's on your screen on your smartphone touchscreen. Uh, as far as how this works on other devices where Google assistant is in play and there's a screen, that's something that has to be looked into. And myself, I don't really have actually, I have no devices where Google assistant is on. I've tested it, uh, over the years at certain points, but it's certainly not something I leave uh, running. I don't need a virtual assistant. Okay. I need my own brain, frankly. Uh, but reading on before we start in waving the invasion of privacy flag, obviously, I want to point out two things. First is that in all cases, I'm not starting off with what's on my screen. That's the command. That's like the verbal command you have to give, but I am still giving assistant implicit permission to see what's there and answer accordingly. Words like this, it, there. And that seem to tell assistant that I'm talking about something. And just like it can infer what they point to in continuous conversations, it can also do it when there's no previous command. It knows it should look for context somewhere. And the things on my display are the ones that make the most sense. Now, standing break in here for a second to say that that like assistant has to do that by reading your screen, it would seem to make far more sense that it would do that based upon what you're typing into Gboard or Swift key or whatever. Um, In fact, I mean, this raises a lot of questions. Of course, the touchscreen keyboard has been a privacy exploit, shall we say, um, that I've raised the banner on for years on this show. That is always kind of a concern. Like even if you're using Signal, well, if Google is collecting everything that you're typing in on, you know, on Gboard, on the, you know, the touchscreen keyboard, what good is Signal's encryption at that point, right? I'm not saying don't use Signal. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, be aware that this can very much be a reality. Of course, some apps will ask for like an incognito keyboard, right? But even then, hmm, you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder. Okay, and we're we're gonna talk about that. Uh, This could also be why Google doesn't like it when you use other keyboards, and Apple didn't like it when, that's why they didn't even offer other keyboards for the longest time on iOS, because what you're typing into those keyboards, oh, you wanna talk about very, very rich data that, that can get used for all kinds of shit? Oh yeah. Companies love that. Tech giants love that shit. Anyway, reading on, um, let, us go to the second thing. So there's that. So basically she's saying, you know, if the, com- if you have, and we'll talk about this because it's a setting you have to have turned on, but even without using the command, what's on my screen, as long as you have what's on my screen activated, that's an important point. It'll still function. So let's continue. Second reading on is that assistant doesn't have this freedom to read screens, read screens willy nilly. This we're to we talk about the uh, turning it on. The first time you ever ask it, what's on my screen, it tells you there's a setting and a permission involved. If you approve its request to use text from, to use text from screen, you're giving it the go ahead to, to act the way we described above. You may have approved this a few months ago and forgotten about it. So double check it now and keep in mind, you can revoke the permission at any time. You should not want it to behave this way. Um, okay. So I want to talk about that for a second. Here's the thing is that as you can see many, I mean, this could be in Google maps, all kinds of apps, apps, not just Google, but apps, especially Google apps will come up with, would you like to try this? You know, it wants you to try this. And when you try it, when you say, okay, Google do blah, blah, blah. Then if it needs a permission to actually be able to do it, it will, at that point, when you give that command, it'll say, do you want to give this app permission to do whatever command you just fucking said? And a lot of people just out of curiosity of how does this work? I mean, Google knows what they're doing, that they're piquing your curiosity, right? I mean, these, you know, most tech giants spend, I mean, as much as money as they may spend in any kind of marketing or anything or R and D they spend in really, I think, behavioral psychology. I don't think that that's crazy to say At the very least, you know, Facebook does that Um, to think that the other companies don't, uh, I think would be naive of anyone to believe that they don't do that, but regardless, um, and I'm sure we could actually find spreadsheets where that's stated as much, but anyway, so that's the thing is that just out of curiosity, which kills the cat, uh, (laughs) curiosity is going to catch people by the balls on this one. And they're going to turn it on and then they're going to forget to turn it off because most people, and I mean, the settings on, well, it's not just Android, but certainly on Android, and look, I, I use Android phones. Okay. So th- this isn't necessarily an, an insult, but the settings screen is so horrible on, you know, on Android. I mean, you have to have a search bar just to find what you're looking for in settings now It's so where it used to be, you know, five or six little things. And I mean, Steve Ballmer used to rip on this back when he was, you know, really pimping Windows phone before Satya Nadella took over at Microsoft. And honestly, I mean, as humorous as Steve Ballmer, as great a moments as he gave us in life, you know, where he's running out on the stage, with look like he's going after cake or something to go, whoa. Right. You know, doing all that. <laughs> he was, he did have some points to make. And one of them was, is that Android was incredibly complex. I think that's a good thing, but you know, for the average user, he's right. It, it's a very confusing thing and can lead to where in this kind of situation where the average person could turn on a setting and they could forget, they even turned it on and they just leave it running. And Google assistant is constantly looking at what you're lo- you know, what you're doing on your phone, because it's looking at your screen. You know, I mean, we, and we've talked about this many times where, you know, it like all encryption is broken by a camera, right? If somebody has a camera, you know, you can do all the different things. I mean, yeah, you could say, you're going to put like a 3M privacy screen over your laptop screen or some kind of shit. Okay, fine. Or you're going to put on your smartphone. Okay. All right. You know, and I, I'm not knocking you for doing that. you want to do that? I think it's dynamite. All right. But let's be clear here that, you know, all the encryption in the world means nothing. If you can just take a picture, like you have uh, apps like Snapchat, right? Where, oh my, I'll send this nude and it'll, I mean, even though people don't really use Snapchat for that anymore, um, I'll send this nude and it'll disappear in five minutes. So I'm safe. Uh, All that other person on the other end needs is a camera to take a picture of the picture and of the, you know, picture on the phone. And then who cares if Snapchat makes it disappear? It's still there, right? So reality check. And this is really what Google assistant is doing is that it's basically a camera constantly pointed at your phone screen. That's the reality of the situation. Now, as I understand it, it's not on by default, Okay. And I did look at a device. It was an older, it wasn't Android nine though. So I'm not sure if any of that had changed. Um, but I was looking at an Android and an Oreo device. Okay. And this, this feature for assistant was not on by default. You had to either say the command and then turn it on, or you had to go into the settings itself and turn it on initially. Um, so, I mean, what it looks like it's assist and voice input. If you want to put that into the search bar, if you want to turn this off, um, and there's two toggle switches. One is use text from screen, which, uh, allow the assist app to access, access the screen contents as text. Okay. And then the other is the other uh, switch that you want to make sure is off. Or I would think if you're a listener to this show, you want to make sure it's off is use screenshot, allow the assist app to access an image of the screen. So it can, it can take, screenshots or it can access screenshots that you've taken in the past okay uh at the same point on the same screen in settings on android you could actually if you really wanted to boy you just have to fucking have an assistant app you could change it here where you could choose to not have a google assistant be your assistant uh, you could set it even for like DuckDuckGo. you could set it for all kinds of things even though it doesn't really do much but then i'd say that's a feature not a bug That's a good thing that it doesn't do, you know, I mean, you want these things to really to do less. Okay. So at least certainly break it up amongst these companies or something. Fuck. So anyway, now, I mean, why would this be a thing? Why is this even a feature set? Why is this even a, you know, again, why is this a thing? This is the entire purpose of Google assistant. This is the purpose of Alexa and go down the list of them is that they really want to get you to where you're not. I mean, admittedly, like, it's a good thing to not look at screens, right? You know, I I mean, Sergey Brin said it pretty nastily when he said, uh, you know, that it emasculates you, you know, having to smartphones have emasculated people because they're constantly looking at screens. Um, there's a sinister side to this. Okay. Where I think not looking at screens is great. I actually, I wear a device that just sends me notifications, uh, to my wrist. So I'm not looking at my smartphone uh, all the time, just to make sure that I didn't miss a notification or something. I, I don't miss them, uh, right now. And I can turn those notific- that ability to get notified on and off very nicely. Okay. Um, not looking at screens is, is a fine and dandy thing for a bunch of reasons. It's a whole other conversation to have, but it's a bunch of reasons, but I think that these companies, like they want you to get used to a, if you are doing everything via voice command and everything, all information is getting fed, not to your own eyes, but like to your ears. And it's coming from like Google assistant, Google assistant is only like partly on your phone. Really Google assistant is just Google servers. Keep that in mind but they just want you to interact, okay, with their servers and just constantly be feeding it data and they don't even want you to even have to like touch a button or anything like that. Now you could say that that's magic, but understand that when you don't have controls in front of you, you don't have control. Make that abundantly clear. Okay? If you don't have a keyboard, a mouse, a touch screen, something if you don't have control, a control, some kind of controls in front of you, you do not have control. You, something as simple as you walk into, you know, you have Philips Hue lights and all this shit, and you know you don't have a light switch to turn on your lights. They just automatically come in when you walk in, you know, and it's attached to Alexa or Google Assistant. Who has control of your lights? You? No, you don't have a fucking light switch. What are you talking about? I know you're thinking that this is extreme. But I'm just telling you that this is where these companies want to go. Okay. And you lose control when you hand and you offload all of these things that you want to do to these companies. And then you become, I mean, this should be obvious. And some people would think that this is a good thing. If you're one of those people, well, okay. But, you know, I mean, they, they just, (laughs) they want to do all of this for you. Okay. And you become reliant upon it at that stage once they're the ones doing everything and you're not used to typing in shit into your own calendar and you're completely reliant upon google calendar telling you everything you have become completely reliant upon google and they've got you by the nuts now so that's the ultimate end game of google assistant Um, of course there's other parts of that that we've talked about in previous Google IO events where like, where Assistant's supposed to be everywhere. Keep in mind that for it to like really work and do what it needs to do. Google assistant does literally have to be everywhere to, you know, create the future that they want. But then think about that, what that looks like. In fact, if you want to have fun, you know, this is an old tradition on sovereign tech where we like to quote Star Trek. I want you to, there's a book by David Mack. I know, I know who wants to read Star Trek books. Well, I do, but there's a book by David Mack, and boy, if you've been watching Star Trek Discovery, holy shit, have they been pulling from this this playbook? It's a uh, it's a the book's called Control. It's called Star Trek Section Thirty One Control. Read that, and then you can find out like that gives you a picture of what it could be like to have Google Assistant fucking everywhere, right? Or like last week how we talked about you know 5G and and <laughs> well, I, I titled the episode Skynet now with 5G. I mean, think about these things, but. Anyway, I'm getting way off into the more dystopian aspects of this. Let's just talk about the reality of the situation. So this is something that you have to turn on. Um, But keep in mind that that's a soft switch, right? Like those are, those are little toggle switches that you have to do on the touch screen. There's nothing. And we've seen this plenty of times where Google has remotely turned on Bluetooth on phones without people's knowledge and so on. There's nothing to keep Google or whoever has access to Google or authority over Google To just do this anyway, to just see what's happening on your screen as is, um, that that should bother you, you know, that this is even possible regardless of whether or not you have to flick a switch. If it's, if it's possible to do in the software, it can really, and, and it, and it relies upon a soft switch. Okay. It's just into the, you know, it, there's no hard switch to turn this off somehow, which I don't even know how you hard switch this shit off unless it like killed the entire chip that, or, you know, and it's not even a chip. It's not, it's on the onboard storage of where Google assistant is, or maybe if it killed the not well, one thing you could kill is, I mean, now smartphones have voice coprocessors, right? So if you had a kill switch for the voice coprocessor, okay, fine. Maybe then you'd have some control, but otherwise this is a soft switch. And basically if the operating system can do it at any given time, it can be done. So keep that in mind. Okay. That, that effectively your phone and everything that's being seen on the screen is potentially owned. If you're a target, I I think in general, this is a, you know, maybe kind of an expense. Well, it's not expensive. I mean, they just send out a command like they did, uh, with Bluetooth where they turned on everybody's Bluetooth, um, you know, like 6am in the morning, or they turn on a lot of people's Bluetooth uh, at 6am in the morning. That was a fucking fiasco for Google last year. But regardless, you know, it's not like expensive to do, but it is a thing that would, uh, would take a little time. Uh, for, you know, or maybe, I don't know, it's not something I'm sure that they just have like running all the time. Cause you don't have that much server space in the world. So you probably have to be a target, but if you think you're some kind of a target or if you're on a fun little list and maybe you're at the top of it, kind of like the golden stallion, uh, this could be an issue. Okay. Now, uh, what's interesting is, is that and Android police did read it here. She did the work on this. If you go to myactivity.google.com, none of the, uh, you know, what's on my screen data is located at myactivity.google.com, which is where you're supposed to be able to control... This was a big, oh, Google lets you control your data. And, and remember everybody, oh, Life hacker, everybody's like, here, you can delete your data right off of myactivity.google.com. Isn't that great of Google? They care about your privacy like a fucking, are you kidding me? Slap nuts. <laughs> they don't care about any, any of that at all. I mean, and, and so here, all this data, none of that shows up on myactivity.google.com where you're supposed to be able to delete everything that Google collects about you. I guess Assistant must run under, under different rules. <laughs> what else am I to assume here? So that's a problem. Um, another question that they bring up, okay. Is that if you have, if an app say like uh, signal has this and it's a fine feature signal has the ability. And I think telegram does as well, where you can, you know, put, hit a checkbox that makes it so that you can't take screenshots within the app. A lot of other apps have this as well, whether, I don't know if that can block Google assistant. If you have Google assistant on, and you have this, what's on my screen feature turned on, it's uncertain whether or not it can still, you know, if it can still read your screen, even if you've turned off screenshots, I mean, at the end of the day, based upon everything that we're saying, I would argue that I don't think that's going to stop anything. Just like, I don't think incognito keyboard really stops anything except for maybe from like little keyboard companies. I don't think it stops Google from knowing what the fuck you're doing or what, what the hell's on your screen. I'm not saying go oh, throw away your smartphone or light it on fire. Okay, maybe I'm saying that, but I don't expect you to do that, <laughs> okay? Be aware of this shit. Yeah, turn it off. Take the time to turn this shit off if you care about it. If they can still do it, sure, but at least you know you did your due diligence and if it ever gets held up against you, I don't know, maybe there's some argument you can make in a law of, in the court of law or something. I, I don't know, but I would turn this crap off and it, again, all we can ever really do you know, with a lot of this stuff is just make it expensive for, uh, you know, the corporate system that we live under. Okay. And if this helps make it a little more expensive, maybe, or a little more time consuming, that's time and money. That could be the difference between your freedom and not. So anyway, um, we'll wrap up this section of the show, but a hell of a lead story there and great work. I mean, nice discovery. That's a feature that's been around for a while. I knew about it. We talked about it, uh, back when it was originally announced, Boy, that was, I mean, that was a couple of years ago that it was announced as an Android feature or with an assistant. And I was like, well, don't do that, you know, <laughs> but, but now we're finding out that, well, a lot of people might've turned it on and look just how well it works. I mean, Rita did in her research, she showed that like, sometimes it gets things dead wrong. So the algorithm's not perfect yet. We can take some comfort in that, but folks, go turn this shit off. Anyway, I'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech. Woo! Woo! Can you get enough of the man of tomorrow? I didn't think so. Well, now you're going to get even more, along with some of the hottest hosts and podcasts around. Because now, Sovereign Tech has become an entire network. Whew, Zomia 1, the most rebellious podcast network in the galaxy, with bleeding-edge shows covering science, technology, and even pop culture. Podcasts like Sovereign Trek, bringing you the latest and greatest in everything Star Trek. TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast where the Man of Tomorrow and Robin Freebeard talk Star Wars like no other show out there. The Hard and Fast podcast where Metal is King and the latest album reviews and interviews with the greatest acts in hard rock and heavy metal happen. And you can even become a member of the Zonia One Underground and get access to thousands of hours of exclusive content and shows. And this isn't Patreon, baby. Oh no, this is all happening on the premier podcast platform. Podbean. So head over to Zomia1.com, that's Z-O-M-I-A-O-N-E.com, and become a part of the future with Zomia1. And become a member of the Zomia1 Underground, and while you're at it, download the Podbean app on iOS and Android. Be the future. Zomia1.com.
2: hack
1: sec. Ooh, it is time for hack sec, where we talk issues of hacking and security. Well, we just keep talking about smartphones, baby, even though Google assistant is far beyond that, right? It's part of Google home. It's part of, well, anything it can possibly be a part of anything. Google can slap that shit in. They are going to go for it. It's like Unicomp. Whoa. What did I just say there? Anyway? uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah. If you just heard it, You've got to go check out Zomia one. In fact, there's a new feed that you're going to want to jump on, um, to get sovereign tech. Sovereign tech is just going to be, we might talk about this, uh, during the climax of this episode. Um, but sovereign tech is going to be, it's just one show on this entire network. Now there's so many shows, so much exciting things coming up, things that, even surprised me when I, when I you know when I was talking with some people I'm like hey you want to do this? and they're like no I want to do this and I'm like oh yeah you're gonna do that I love this so very exciting um, zomia one just this is gonna be well it says it when you go to the site when you go to zomia one.com this is the most rebellious podcast network in the galaxy you bet your ass I'm going to live up to that. It's, it's awesome. So anyway, it's all, all the episodes are up now. Everything's there, uh, or you know, the bulk of it's there, uh, of, of what you need. There might be some features that will change up on the website or whatever, uh, you know, over time, uh, because this is kind of a new venture for me to actually run an entire podcast network. But, uh, yeah, as we figure things out, we streamline it and we make it happen, you know, because I actually give a damn and, <laughs> Anyway, it's so much fun to have Sovereign Tech growing because it has such a massive audience that this is something, in fact, I've gotten, in fact, I'll respond to this, I will get to in the climax because I had someone email me and they were, uh, they were asking, or they pretty much came right out and said, they said, Stallion, you have so much to say, you can't do it in one show. You know, you can't do it just in one type of show in just sovereign tech. You got to get more out there. So there's going to be more. You want more? You got more. Don't worry. Uh, Zomi one.com go check it out anyway. Okay. Let us continue. This is a story I had lined up for a good while. Um, it's still from 2019. It's from January. And I just don't want anybody, you know, while we're depressed here, why don't we keep, why don't we stay on the train? I don't want anybody to get too excited. Okay. Let's talk about this, uh, because I think a lot of people were like, oh, 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 you know, well, with the see, the law has saved us. And I don't think the law ever saves us. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, Here we go. This is from Forbes and it's feds can't force you to unlock your iPhone with finger or face judge rules. Let's read the story. A California judge has ruled that American cops can't force people to unlock a mobile phone with their face or finger. The ruling goes further to protect people's private lives from government searches than any before and is being hailed as a potentially landmark decision. That's the point we're going to get to, let's keep reading. Uh previously, US judges had ruled that police were allowed to force unlock devices like Apple's iPhone with biometrics such as fingerprints, faces, or irises. That was despite the fact feds weren't permitted to force a suspect to divulge a passcode. But according to a ruling uncovered by Forbes, all logins are equal. The order came from the US District Court for the Northern District of California in the in the denial of a search warrant for an unspecified property in Oakland. The warrant was filed as part of an investigation into a Facebook extortion crime in which a victim was asked to pay up or have an embarrassing video of them publicly released, quote-unquote embarrassing. Uh, The cops had some suspects in mind and wanted to raid their property. In doing so, the feds also wanted to open up any phone on the premises via facial recognition, a fingerprint, or an iris. While the judge agreed that investigators had shown probable cause to search the property, they didn't have the right to open all devices inside by forcing unlocks with biometric features. On the one hand, uh, magistrate judge Candace Westmore ruled the request was overbroad as it was neither limited to a particular person nor a particular device. What a surprise, uh, Stanley reading on, but in a more significant part of the ruling, Judge Westmore declared that the government did not have the right, even with a warrant, to force suspects to incriminate themselves by unlocking their devices with their biological features. Previously, courts had decided biometric features, unlike passcodes, were not testimonial that basically So sustain breaking in. Um, well, well here, it'll say a little bit that was because a suspect would have to willingly and verbally give up a passcode, which is not the case with biometrics. A password was therefore deemed testimony, but body parts were not. And so not granted fifth amendment protections against self-incrimination. And that's what I was going to say is that basically a password is protected, quote unquote, protected because like, okay. Like the government gives a shit about your rights, <laughs> but it's protected. I mean, despite what this judge is saying, and we'll talk about it, that a passcode is protected. You know, you have the right to remain silent. Well, then you don't have to tell anybody your passcode, but that doesn't stop anyone from, you know, using your finger to use touch ID to unlock a, uh, you know, an iPhone or an Android phone. Um, cause plenty of those, of course now have, uh, you know, have biometric, uh, you know, fingerprint readers on them. Um, Or same with like facial unlock right now. iPhone is face ID. Of course, Samsung is really big on this as well. And, uh, I mean, look, before we even finish the story, I have recommended for years on the show, do not trust biometrics whatsoever. This was one of the reasons why is because they, you know, even if, yeah, granted, if the government wants to get into your phone, they're going to try and find a way to do it as best as they can. And you can say, well, what about San Bernardino? You know, Apple took on the government and said, no, we won't unlock your phone. You know, fuck you, FBI. No, no, that's not what Apple said. Apple said that they weren't going to like implement a feature that created like a sweeping security exploit in their touch ID system. Okay. in their secure enclave. People are very confused about this. They absolutely said, look, government, if you came to us earlier before you, you know, it, it pretty much activated the, uh, the security feature of the iPhone that wouldn't let you try to log in anymore, we would have gotten past the initial, you know, the, the, the biometric or the initial login. Okay. We would have done that for you, but you went too far. You, you, you know, you, you enacted or you enabled a security feature that just doesn't allow for logins anymore. Okay. So Apple was totally willing to play ball to unlock this shit. All right. So yeah, if they really want to get into your phone, they're going to certainly. But again, like we've been saying this whole episode, don't make it easy for them, make it expensive for them, make it take more time. That's the best thing you can do. And it's a worthwhile thing to do. If anything, it makes a fucking statement about who in the hell you are. Okay. And it's you living up to your own principles. If you believe that privacy is an innate part and an important part and a healthy part of the human condition. So anyway, uh, let's, let, let's keep on reading here, but yeah, I said, don't, don't use biometrics. There's that aspect of it, but then also there's the fact that, I mean, you know, nipples just, just putting a touch ID sensor up to uh nipples was able to unlock it or, you know, was able, was able to unlock it. The, uh, Samsung, the galaxy S 10s all hot and, you know, hot and sweaty new, uh, uh, facial unlock. That's supposed to be really great that they really want you to use. It's the first thing that they recommend that was easy. That was broken, like the f- cracked into the first day. That, I mean, it was like on the showroom floor, they fucking cracked that facial lock. Why the hell would you use that? These things, and they're not really going to get better because these things require these technologies require a margin for error for them to even work properly. And that, and that margin for error is where all kinds of trouble happen as to where a passcode, you know, like, uh, I mean, even just using a six digit passcode, you know, there's no real need for margin for error there at all. You just, it, it's a passcode. It's, it's, you know, point blank so anyway Reading on, that created a paradox. How could a passcode be treated differently to a finger or face when any of the three could be used to unlock a device and expose a user's private life? And that's just what Westmore focused on in her ruling, declaring that technology is outpacing the law. The judge wrote that fingerprints and face scans were not the same as physical evidence when considered in a context where these body features would be used to unlock a phone. Quote, if a person cannot be compelled to provide a passcode because it is a testimonial communication, a person cannot be compelled to provide one's finger, thumb, iris, face, or other biometric feature to unlock that same device." And quote the judge wrote: quote, "The undersigned finds that a biometric feature is analogous to the 20 nonverbal physiological responses elicited during a polygraph test which are used to determine guilt or innocence and are considered testimonial." There are other ways that, so that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Very clever to say that, okay, you know, like if a polygraph test, which requires a lot of biometric signals, right. To be, you know, to, if that's considered testimonial and those biometric signals are, you know, protected by the fifth amendment. Okay. Then how, why can't that same idea be used for when you're, you know, uh, using touch ID or a biometric, you know, fingerprint reader on your Android device, It's an interesting mental bit of gymnastics, but let's keep going. There were other ways the government could get access to relevant data in the Facebook extortion case, quote, that do not trample on the Fifth Amendment, end quote, Westmore added. They could, for instance, ask Facebook to provide messenger communication, she suggested. Facebook has been willing to hand over such messages in a significant number of previous cases Forbes has reviewed. So, Stanley breaking in for a second. And this is, this touches on a point. I mean, I, I... I'm not, I don't want to give any judge any credit really. Okay. But I'll give a little bit of credit here. Like these, th- these things are accurate. Like any time that, you know, when the FBI pick your alphabet soup organization or the police, when they start crying, boo, somebody put in some kind of new encryption technology, boo, we can't use our, uh, you know, our, our, our code scanners or whatever to plug into the lightning port on an iPhone anymore to, uh, you know, to unlock it and everything. Boo, we can't see this boo. We can't see that like, it's crazy. They just don't, it's just, it becomes expensive. It's more expensive for them to have to go through the warrant process and the paperwork. Okay. To requisition from Facebook, Google, Apple, Microsoft, whoever, any of the sinister six and anyone else, it's just more expensive for them. So they just want a nice, simple solution where they can do it themselves. They can do it in house. Right. I mean, that that's, that's really it. So for them to cry, oh, this is going to make law enforcement harder. I mean, in a way it is, I guess it's making it a little more expensive because they have to request it from the company itself, but technically, no, it's not harder. You could still get that data in other ways without shitting all over, as this judge said, shitting all over everyone's private, right to privacy over everyone's rights, fifth amendment, fifth amendment or otherwise. Okay. And I'm not going to get into conversation about rights here. That's, that's another ball game entirely, but in conventional terms, you get my point. So it's an accurate thing to really to bring up and a a brilliant thing, uh, you know, to bring up that I, I hadn't even personally considered. But let's read on. Over recent years, the government has drawn criticism for its smartphone searches. In 2016, Forbes uncovered a search warrant not dissimilar to the one in California. Again, in the Golden State, the feds wanted to go onto a, prem- to go onto a premises and force unlock devices with fingerprints, regardless of what phones or who was inside. So they just want to warrant, okay, whatever's on this property, doesn't matter who the fuck they are and what phones they are. It could have been somebody's phone that somebody was repairing from miles away. We want to unlock that shit. How's that right? Yeah, right. Andrew Cock- uh, Crocker, senior staff attorney of the digital rights nonprofit EFF, said the the latest california ruling went a step further than he'd seen other courts go in particular westmore observed alphanumeric passcodes and biometrics serve the same purpose in unlocking phones quote while that's a fairly novel conclusion, it's important that courts are beginning to look at these issues on their own terms, end quote, Crocker told Forbes. Quote, in, in its recent decisions, the Supreme Court has made clear that digital searches raises serious privacy concerns that did not exist in the age of physical searches. A full forensic search of a cell phone reveals far more than a pat-down of a suspect's pockets during an arrest, for example, end quote. The magistrate judge decision uh, could, of course, be overturned by a district court judge, So Stallion breaking in, there's one point where this doesn't even really matter. Even if Judge Westmore feels this way, it can just get overturned. Um, as happened in Illinois in 2017 with a similar ruling, the best advice for anyone concerned about government overreach into their smartphones, stick to a strong alphanumeric passcode that you won't be compelled to disclose from Forbes, not the golden stallion. You think I'm crazy from Forbes don't use biometrics. That's why I love this story. If you have concerns about the government, and I assume if you're listening to the show in some form or fashion, you do, whether you're an anarchist, libertarian, leftist that just hates that Trump's in office, I know I got plenty of you, commies, I mean, I I got such a broad reach here, okay, I know all of you at some point, and that's kind of why you're here, you have concerns about government overreach. Forbes, not the Golden Stallion who you think is, oh boy, you're too paranoid, you're too this, you're too that. Forbes is telling you as mainstream a publication as it can get, as mainstream a news source as it can get, is telling you stick to a strong alphanumeric passcode that you won't be compelled to disclose. Now, all of this said, all of this said, the point that was brought up is the judge showed that the judge herself, Judge Westmore, proved the point that even her ruling was fucking meaningless. (laughs) Because she said, well, all you had to do was go to Facebook and ask them for the data. And that's it is that, you know, we, we can talk about this. Oh, this is a great, uh, uh, you know, step towards the, towards, you know, the government respecting the privacy of individuals in our interconnected mobile technological age. You want to hear more about that? You can listen, you become a Zomia One Underground uh, uh, member, and you can hear my my talk from Porkfest 2018, where I talked about all this. But, and I brought up the, the inconsistencies in this, okay? But, you know, in, you could say that judges are finally getting on board and that the law is catching up to the tech, kind of like Forbes is trying to say. But not really, because the reality of the situation is that the law absolutely allows and it absolutely does for particularly, I mean, and now it's not even just ever since the Cloud Act, it's not just American companies that fall under the purview of American Alphabet Soup Organizations and law enforcement, but all around the world they do. Okay. You can basically, you know, at, at any given moment, they can just requisition the data they want from uh, you know, Facebook, from from any of these tech giants. They don't need to unlock your phone. All the phone security in the world means nothing if you are using a platform that is handing over or that that is collecting that data in some way. Now you could say, well, you could use signal. You could use some other apps that, that have really great encryption. And that way they're not seeing that. Well, we talked earlier about maybe concerns around the, you know, the keyboard, the touchscreen keyboard, um, or Google assistant and other things. There are not easy answers to this. Okay. Security, remember security and convenience. You want security? Convenience goes down. It's a scale that tips. Okay. There is a trade-off between convenience and security. There's a trade-off between security and convenience. You want a lot of security, things become a lot less convenient. That is the, as I call it on the show, it is the 10th law of thermodynamics. It's a law of the universe. Okay. So, you know, and that's okay. Like th- to understand that I, I, that's the reality, but we can educate ourselves and it's not hard. Like a lot of it really isn't that hard. A lot of the simple steps that we can do is not hard. And there are all these simple steps that can annoy the fuck out of various organizations that, you know, otherwise, well, that don't want to take the time to have to, uh, you know, requisition and do the paperwork that it takes to get Facebook messenger data and so on. You know, if you can annoy them, make it take more time or whatever, maybe that can, you know, slide you out and keep you free. Okay. So (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds like I'm saying that we're all fucked. We're not, we're really not, but we got to be aware of this stuff and don't get too excited. Never, ever get excited about a government ruling. In fact, like I said, this government ruling proved th- that the situation's far worse. You know, there's, there's no improvement here whatsoever. She's just saying, Oh no, I'm not saying you can't have the data. You just got to go do it this other way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's. <laughs> uh... It's what we got. It's what's here. Be aware of it. All right. And yeah. And don't get excited about these kinds of things. Uh, I mean, I was very annoyed once again that the EFF got so excited about this because I'm like, why? You know, the, I mean, it, it's meaningless. It's meaningless in the own court state and its own court statements. Ridiculous. Anyway, we'll be right back with some more Sovereign Tech.
0: Woo! Time now for 90 Seconds on Sex with Dr. Paul.
2: Now, think about the emotions of anger, sadness, joy, and fear. Well, what do they have in common? Well, one thing is you can usually tell which one a person is feeling by looking at his or her face. But it's different with love. You usually can't tell if a person's feeling love by looking at his or her facial expression alone. Well, there appears to be at least four different kinds of love. One type is called passionate love. That's when you're head over heels in love with someone and you've got that walking on the clouds feeling when you see them or think about them. Another type of love is called companionate love, which is what you tend to feel for a long-term mate after the passionate love stage has gone. It's described as a feeling of calmness, comfort, and security. A third type of love is called maternal love, which is what a parent feels for a child. And a fourth kind is called unconditional love which is what we might feel for someone who has a disability or is on radio. If you look at the brain scans of people who are feeling these different kinds of love, there will be a substantial overlap in the parts of the brain that light up. But you'd also see that each of these different types of love has its own unique neurological footprint, which means that each is its own unique, different feeling.
0: For more, visit 90SecondsOnSex.com.
1: the climax Woo! you know it is time for the climax and uh you know before we get into it um i do also want to say that unfortunately we had to skip our blockchain segment this week got some exciting stuff exciting announcements going on in blockchain um that i'll be getting to in future episodes uh but uh anyway and of course you're getting a triple load uh this week (laughs) If you're, well, again, you got to be on the Zombie One Underground to get the triple load, but otherwise you just get the double load, which, hey, that's not too bad either. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, if you want to talk about blockchain, of course, one of the places where really Bitcoin, especially, was, I mean, it made, in fact, it made Bitcoin Jesus, Bitcoin Jesus. You know, Roger Ver, he found out about it through a little show, not so little show, really. It's the number 27 talk show. In the United States. Can you believe that? Free Talk Live, live freetalklive.com. Man, you want to talk about anything? You can call right into that show, run seven nights a week, three hours a night. Boy, talk about I mean, Free Talk Live in and of itself is its own network. Of course, it's also on an affiliate that I appear on, which is LRN.FM. But I mean, it could be its own network. (laughs) That much audio? Unbelievable. Of course, I was a host of that for a couple of years and it was a brilliant time. Um, I totally recommend that you listen to it and you call in and talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. You want to talk about this stuff? You want to talk about the, the decision from Judge Westmore? You go to freetalklive.com and, you know, you're concerned about government overreach. Believe me, those guys over there are as well. So guys, gals, and Z's, whatever. Check it out. freetalklive.com. Go for it. And I thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. So, okay. A couple questions to get into. Um, This has to do with Zomia 1. A lot of people are wanting to get, they're signing up for the Zomia 1 underground, okay? Or they are, and, and there have been some, Podbean's funny. So everything moved over to Podbean, okay, for Sovereign Tech. And a lot of your podcast feeds might have done some funny things recently because the SoundCloud feed and the Podbean feed were kind of coming together. That way, nobody's missing a beat here, okay? Um, anyway, some questions about this. In fact, I'm going to read this one first and then we'll talk about some others. Uh, here, here, I'll read this. This came into the email bbs at sovereigntech.com. Uh, Dear man of tomorrow, whoo, I love your show, and I'm stoked that you are fleshing it out into a full network. I mean let 's be honest, one show was never enough to to contain all you can offer. I'm so honored by that um, I've even gone ahead and signed up on PodBean in parallel to Patreon, which again Patreon eventually will get phased out here, uh, so I can start the merger without missing a beat, but I have a problem I can't seem to find a way to access the premium content via my favorite podcast app, which is Podkicker. and again, this is just the premium content, just the patron content, because on Podbean you can become a patron and join the Zomi One Underground. You get access to thousands of hours of, of new content and there are of other of other audio, and there's new content coming out every week. Actually, quite more, even more often than that. Um, so, uh, let's see. Are you aware of any way to accomplish this, uh, or is my best option to just use the Podbean app? Thank you for putting out such great content. someday I hope we are able to share a coffee and some conversation. Uh, and I would hope the same. Anyway, always happy to share a coffee uh, with a Sovereign Tech listener. So, okay, to answer this question, there it, really the easiest thing to do is use the Podbean app. You can log into because you have to. You, you, have, you make a Podbean account when you join Zomi One Underground. You can play right off of the website. Okay, and and like you could literally click on the sound, and it actually works beautifully on mobile. Of course, you're streaming. If you wanted to download the episode, um, if you wanted to download the episode somehow like that would, you could play it on VLC player, you know, on an Android device through that, which is actually kind of a neat thing. VLC player is so full featured on mobile. It's, it's really beautiful. But anyway, yeah, the best thing really is to just use the Podbean app. Now the actual Zomia one feed without the patron content can be put into any podcast app can be put anywhere. So if you just want the free stuff you're not going to run into any problems You or generally you're not going to, uh, if you use your average podcast app. Now I know some people have used, use like a desktop client, uh, and they don't actually use mobile for listening to podcasts. First off my hat's off to you. And I, I mean that like you know, getting a world where people aren't using smartphones for so goddamn much. uh, I am so on board with that and I am on board with you and I am so happy for you. I think that's awesome. Um, some people, so as far as how to do that again, really, I think the key thing is to do it through the website. And I think you can use some services like Feedly where you can actually have a website let you know when an update comes up and that would include the premium content. Okay. And so that would be a way of getting notified of when a new episode comes out, but, there there's ways someone who actually great. She's just, she's dynamite. She's been a listener. In fact, I think I, the first email I ever read was from her. She's, she's fantastic. Um, She found out a way to do it. If you're a Castro plus subscriber, which is like on iOS, I think specifically, um, there is a way. And if someone's really interested in how to do this, I will post, I will share with you how to do it. Um, you can contact me on Twitter or email me, and I'm happy to give you the info on how to do this, but she figured out how to get, how to like sideload, basically the, um, you know, sideload through Castro plus, And that is working in conjunction with iCloud that will sideload the, uh, premium episodes, the patron episodes into the app. Now, again, like I said, the free episodes, Sovereign Tech prime episodes, and a lot of the other shows, the hard and fast podcast, Sovereign Trek, TIE fighter renegades, all those other shows and, and other shows that are coming, all of those are just available right in the main feed. That's, that's not really an issue. Um. I mean, the main thing is, is that I would recommend, you know, somehow rocking it through the website. In fact, I think there's a way with VLC where you can set up an auto download feature. Uh, But I would, I'd have to draw up like a tutorial on that. And maybe that's something that I need to do. And I mean, VLC for desktop. Okay. Where, where something like that could be, could be done. I will look into this, but yeah, I mean, the best bet really is either to use the website Okay. And play right off of there. Zomia1.com. That's all you need. And you, every episode's there. Everything's playable through there. You have to sign into Podbean. Okay. I mean, you have to have a Podbean account, sign into it. So it'll give you access to everything on that site. And believe me, that Zomia1.com is such a far easier site to use than the Patreon site. I mean, just by leaps and fucking bounds. Okay. But Understand that one of the advantages of the Podbean app. In fact, someone even recommended running Android in a virtual machine, in a VM, in a VM container. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> that's something. But the nice thing is, is that the Podbean app allows for comments on specific sounds, so you can be very social about it. Um, even though, again, uh, you know, you could do that on Twitter as well uh, with me, um, because I have been more active lately on Twitter for varying reasons, partly what has to do with the network and other hosts. Uh, so. Anyway, I mean, just to answer that, yeah, really, if you can, if if there's some way that you can use the Podbean app, that is very much your best bet. I understand that if you're the kind of person who wants as few apps as possible, uh, you don't want to install another podcast app, I get that. And understand that Podbean is an app that can work, like, with everything I mean like or, I mean it, it works With most podcasts 99.99999% of podcasts uh, And you can even input I think independent feeds And everything So really it should work With just about every podcast uh, You know it's a full featured player And it offers a lot Of other features as well So pod Going through the pod player Is really your best bet For anyone that wants to join The Zomi One Underground Otherwise if you're just A free listener And hey you know you're getting Still the best content uh, Just pop that into Whatever podcast app You're doing but I know a lot of people are leaving podcasts right now. So go check out Podbean. Anyway, sign up zomi onecom I'll see all of you. We'll wrap this baby up on the other side. Another load coming of Sovereign Tech very soon. Woo! You just experienced
0: Sovereign Tech. Go to sovereigntech.com. That's S O V R Y N tech.com and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the Evolution. Evolution.